Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. here on Monday, April 1st, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am happy to be joined by the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. Bax, thank God March is over, although April could be even worse. I don't know. But how are things on your end? Well, you know, March was the longest 27-week month I've ever had in my life, so uh, I think I'm ready for a new month here. Uh, we, we definitely need to uh, start seeing, uh, seeing some change towards the positive after the way the second half of that month went. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, usually today is a day full of jokes. I have zero jokes to tell today. There's good news to pass along. We talked about it a little bit on Monday's show, but there's so much going on, we kind of glossed over it. But Trey Sermon, the Oklahoma running back transfer, will be eligible immediately at Ohio State this year. Everybody had been reporting it was a torn ACL. He was coming off of the same day Marcus Crowley tore his ACL. It's not an ACL. He's coming off a torn LCL. And without getting into all the specifics, that's way better than an ACL tear. Uh, Way better. It's like more like an eight-week recovery instead of an eight-month recovery. So fantastic news there. I already had relatively high expectations for Trey Sermon backs. My expectations for him now are through the roof. Yeah, this is a big difference. It's a gigantic difference. It's a a game-changing difference, if you will. Uh, We've been writing about Trey Sermon. I said in the bucket of bullets, I said, you know, even if he is rehabbing from a knee injury, you know, that's three guys that you have to hope at least one of them comes out healthy, right? Well, now you're talking about one of them already healthy. This is a guy with 2,000 career rushing yards, 20-something career touchdowns. This is a guy who's played in the playoffs multiple times. I mean, this is, this is a legit football player that we're talking about right now who is uh, immediately eligible for Ohio State. He, he's immediately the front runner by a mile to be able to be the uh, starting tailback. And by the way, Dave, you know what else this means? Uh, while we don't really, there's no point in time to expect Crowley or Teague to really be ready until fall camp, right? What happens if this whole timeline thing, they give these kids like the equivalent of like spring practice in June, right? Like just because we couldn't have it. And I think that for safety purposes, let's say they're able to get back together in June and have a condensed spring practice. Well, Trey Sermon can take part in that now, right? So Ohio State's going to have him and Steel Chambers if they get a chance to have any sort of practice session this summer once this whole craziness is over and that means they'll be able to get him integrated into the offense even quicker which means they'll hit the ground running uh, and that's not not to make a joke haha hit the ground running but there you go there's your closest thing to a joke today dave um but like that's a gigantic difference because now oh, this oh, thing wow. learn the offense a little bit you know we need a joke we need a few bad dad jokes here so I do. this is huge it's really huge that he's not that badly hurt you're essentially getting uh, a fully healthy 2,000-yard rusher career-established guy that you can now include in any potential summer-style practice they may have. That's just enormous. 
if things get back to normal by June and they're able to have some type of mini camp or OTAs or like a condensed spring ball, basically, that would be fantastic. And I, that's what I'm hoping for. Now, let's, uh, let's address the question that's on all of our minds, I think. What if this lasts, this coronavirus, this quarantine lasts until July or even August, but then we start to turn the corner and we start talking about things like, well, we can't start the college football season on time, but we could do a shortened college football season. And frankly, if you gave me that deal right now, I would take it. If you gave me a, hey, we're going to do the college football season, but we're only going to do conference games and then the postseason, sign me up for that. The only thing I don't want to see is the college football season canceled. But let's say things don't get back to normal until like late July or August, and they can't start the season on time, but they also don't cancel it. How do you see that working? Do you think that's a possibility? Well, if you remember back in the day of Woody Hayes, you played, what, eight Big Ten games and maybe one or two out-of-conference games at most? Uh, I remember when the regular season was 11 games not that long ago, and you had to have it the 12th game allowed. That was a big deal like 15 years ago. So if, if it comes down to it and Ohio State's only games are their nine Big Ten games, then so be it. Uh, I'd rather have some Ohio State football on a Big Ten championship in a playoff versus no Ohio State football. And, and honestly, I don't want to like make light of the current situation, but I feel like Americans are much less inclined to flip their lid about the NBA and the NHL going on a hold than they would be compared to football. I'm just reading the psyche of the nation. We're a football country. you know. So this is <laughs> after months of this BS going on, people are going to want their football back. And I, I, I genuinely – now, I genuinely think we're getting a full season. I genuinely do. Uh, just looking at what's out there right now, everybody's talking about social distancing, and I read about this in the bucket of bullets. Uh, I think Herbie's 100% wrong. If you look at what's going on out there, the way that a lot of the countries around the world have controlled this, and yuck, yuck, yuck. Anybody listening goes, back, you're not a doctor. Shut up. I agree, I'm not a doctor, but here's the deal. They just have released these things where they can give you positive tests for coronavirus and negative tests for coronavirus. Their results within 15 minutes. So what you're going to start doing is seeing people who are already, you know, can get get listed with a clean bill of health that can go back to work and get society moving again, right? And right behind that is something called an antibody test, which says if you've ever had it before, which means you're essentially hopefully immune to it. Once you can get these tests widespread across people, we're going to get the society back to normal. And they're already putting that stuff through from places like Abbott Labs and Mattel here in Ohio. So I think by the time summer rolls around, we're back to normal. I think you get the NHL and the NBA back in June and July for a playoff. I really do. And now those might be empty arenas, but by the time fall rolls around, you know, maybe you have to have a to go to an OSU football game. Maybe they only sell every other seat. I don't know. Maybe to go into the stadium, you have to have your ticket and a 48 hours or more recent five-minute coronavirus test that says, yes, I have a clean bill of health to help the spread. I don't know. You could see some things like that. Our society is going to have some changes that we're just – going to have to learn to deal with as we as we move forward but i think we have football season i really doubt we don't have football season and honestly i think we're going to start having crowds for football season because you know it's amazing what happens whenever they've turned everything towards this i mean you're seeing companies like tesla and gm making ventilators and Vitel is running through cleaning a hundred thousand masks a day because the sda wouldn't approve it until the government smacked them and said yes you will approve it so i think anybody who's making predictions on April 1st, for where we'll be on July 1st, when we saw how insane March was, is out of their minds. And that includes me. But I'm an optimist at heart. So I think we're getting a football season. I think we're getting a full football season. And I think we need a full football season. I don't know if we're going to get a full football season. I hope you're right. Um, I'm optimistic. But I am certainly optimistic we're going to have football. I do not think football is going to be canceled. Um, 
because we're going to have to get back to some sort of normalcy as a society at one point. We can't just shut it down for a whole year. So I'm with you on that. Nope. Now, you touched on this a little bit with fans. Um, again, you gave me this deal, I would take it. I had football with no fans. Could that be a possibility, that we have football games with no fans at Ohio Stadium this fall? It's always a possibility. I mean, my opinion is that when I talked about the NHL and the NBA, I think you're going to see them do it, but it's going to be like all the players are put on like lockdown in like college style dorms and aren't allowed out so that it doesn't spread. And then they can do their playoffs essentially in like a, like a big tournament style. Um, I, I read somewhere that uh, the university of North Dakota, where there's virtually no coronavirus right now, they have one of the best uh, arenas in the world for hockey. Right. And so I read somewhere that people were suggesting, why doesn't the NHL take their, whatever teams make the playoffs, put them all in North Dakota's dorms, and then just say, hey, guys, sorry, you can't leave the dorms. And put each team in one dorm, right, so they don't fight each other between games. They play all the games at the University of North Dakota's rink, right, in an empty rink in the middle of nowhere, right? I could see those guys doing that. And if it comes down to it for college football being that way, you may you may see the players all put up in the Blackwell or one of the dorms and said, guys, I know that the whole camp lockdown thing where we all stay in the hotel normally only lasts a couple of weeks, it's the season right now because you're taking online classes and we just can't go out and do normal college people things right now. But on the flip side, you get to do football. So yeah, it may be a little more like uh, Spartan, if you will, but I can see that happening saying, look guys, we can't risk anybody getting sick. You want Justin Fields getting coronavirus the week before the Michigan game. I mean, can you imagine that that's going to be something we talk about in sports right now is, Oh yeah. LeBron's out for two weeks in the playoffs because he's got Corona. Don't worry. He doesn't even have a cough, but we can't let him play right now because of the spread. Right. You know, those are concerns you're going to start having in these sports. So I could see us having some sort of, you know, all the football players uh, are are sort of, on, and other athletes are on sort of quarantine lockdown to make sure that it doesn't spread amongst them and their teammates and the general public if they do the closed arenas. But come hell or high water, you're going to have football. Because I, I think the people in this country are just going to, there's, there's, you're going to have, people are going along with this right now, Right. The further we get into this, the further people's livelihoods are taken away, the further things seem from normal and the longer it drags on, the less inclined people are going to be to sit back and flatten curves and whatever as we watch things fall apart. We need normalcy, and football is normalcy to America, period. And by the way, that's the NFL too, not just college football. Right, exactly. And what's crazy is we're less than a month into this as far as it affecting us in the United States. Like I – went to an Ohio State basketball game on March 5th against Illinois at the shot. You know, and went out with some of my friends, some of the beat writers afterwards. And that was March 5th. That feels like it was four years ago. Um, it was less Was that when you were trying to get me that. to go out to the bar with you, Dave? I remember that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was, yeah. I, it was a rare time that I was actually, like, going out and, like, leaving my house and actually doing things that were fun when I was younger. I was thinking, I'm going to, you know, so I, I do this maybe once or twice a year. I'm going to see if Bax wants to join me. So, but I couldn't get you away from your family. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I wasn't crazy. fun yet. Things have, things have changed mm-hmm. so much in a short period of time. I mean, two months from now, can you imagine if we're sitting around still with no sports and people are going to be itching to get back to some sort of normalcy. And I, I, obviously health comes first. Do not get me wrong. Health comes first, but I agree with you. I think we're going to have football. Get creative. I don't care how they do it. I don't care if it's a shortened season. I don't care if there's no fans. Just make sure we have football this fall, and I think we will. All right, let's get to some good news here. Ohio State's 2021 recruiting class. Everybody listening to the show knows it's fantastic. If you don't know how good it is, it right now is on track to be the best class ever. Not the best class at Ohio State. The best class, period, since recruiting rankings even became a thing 
backs. It is just amazing what they're doing with recruiting right now. Yeah, with uh, 15 commitments, their recruiting class would have ranked seventh last year already, according to the composite. And all those classes had in the mid-20s. Ohio State's still going to add another 10 kids. That tells you how insane this is. All right. The second-best Big Ten school is Wisconsin, and they have half the score that LSU does right now. So this is mind-boggling how good this group is. And by the way, this group also includes a guy in Sam Hart that Ohio State took so early from a place like Colorado that maybe doesn't get the same level of attention as a lot of other recruiting states do. You think he's not going to go up in ratings whenever they get a better look at him? If OSU's passing and all these higher-rated tight ends closer to home that are interested, uh, yeah, I think that's going to happen for sure. But you're looking at what? Of the 15 commits, I think 12 of them are in the top 150 or something insane like that. Um, I did this in the bucket last week. Of the top 247 right now, the Big Ten has 24 kids in the top 247 that are committed to their schools. 12 of them are at Ohio State. And if you look at the top 17 kids um, that are committed to Big Ten schools that are in the top 150, 12 of them are committed to Ohio State. So it's an absolute blowout. And even if you compare, like, some of the other schools that have some of their top kids rated yeah, that, that are committed among the top 150, for example, Michigan's top kid is quarterback J.J. McCarthy, who's a good prospect and all, right? But Ohio State had the choice between him and Kyle McCord, and they picked Kyle McCord. But Michigan's best recruit is a kid that OSU passed on, right? I mean, recruiting's so good right now that Ohio State essentially told the number three tailback in the country, thanks, but no thanks. That's how good things are going right now. Can you imagine that last year we would have just shrugged off the number three tailback in America? So, yeah, this is mind-bogglingly good. Um, but, you know, there are some schools who are taking advantage of this recruiting ability where the coaches aren't coaching and spend more time talking to kids. And there's some schools that aren't, you know. you got a school like Wisconsin who's pulling together a nice little group right now. Um, you know, even Maryland's kept some of the top kids in, in Maryland at home, which talk about a state that if they could ever keep some recruits in, as bad of a coach as Mike Loxley is, he's not a horrible recruiter. That could be a decent program. And another one to keep an eye on, and, and this is not meaning they're going to be good this year, guys, but it's a good sign for the future of the program, is our old buddy Greg Shiano right now has pulled in, I believe, five of the top 13 kids in the state of New Jersey right now, and he's in line to grab a couple more of those top 15 kids when it's all said and done. And New Jersey is a state that consistently produces top 10 numbers of NFL players over the last 20 years and beyond. So if Rutgers can actually start to keep some of those kids at home, it's going to really hurt schools like Penn State and Michigan that rely on recruiting New Jersey. Um, and, yes, OSU gets kids from there. I know we got Jordan Fuller and a couple other guys from there, folks. I understand that. But it's going to hurt those other schools a lot more than it will Ohio State if Greg Schiano can turn Rutgers into a 7-8 win kind of program. And it only makes the Big Ten East even harder. So you're seeing some schools that are starting to do some stuff here. And then you're seeing schools like Michigan that continue to just – do whatever they do. I don't. Jim Harbaugh's out there. I don't know what he's even doing. Drinking a gallon of milk a day and, you know, talking about how the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor. I don't know. So, <laughs> needless to say, Ohio State's lapping the field in the Big Ten multiple times with the recruiting right now, and it's it's excellent to watch. Yeah, hats off to Ryan Day and his unbelievable staff. Tony Alford, Brian Hartline are ranked one and two in the recruiter rankings. It was Hartline then Alford. Now it's Alford and Hartline because Alford. Alford just landed. Travion Henderson. It's pretty good when you got uh, your recruiting guys fighting for the number one recruiting spot in the country. Number four on the list is Kerry Combs. Number five on the list is Al Washington. Again, these are the entire country in order. This is just the Big Ten. Number one, number two, number four, number five, and then number eight, Larry Johnson. They have 
five of the top eight recruiters in the country on their staff and a head coach that's an excellent recruiter. It is amazing what's going on. And you touched, just finished the show here with some shot in Freud. Rutgers is ranked 11th in the country in recruiting right now. Michigan is ranked 17th. Now, well, Michigan eventually probably have a better class than Rutgers in the 2021 when the dust settles. Yeah, probably. But right now, Greg Schiano is out recruiting Jim Harbaugh, and I am here for it. You know what else is weird? And I put about this in the bucket of bullets, is that Michigan took uh, – you know how they had that run for like 10 months where they didn't get a single commitment in their class, and then they got two kids in the same day? One of them was a, a kid from IMG down in Florida. He's a top 247 lineman. He's a good prospect. Like, I won't crap on him. But they had another kid that they took out of um, out of New Jersey who goes to a school that's, like, right next to Rutgers. And I just talked about how Rutgers is crushing it with New Jersey recruiting right now. kid didn't even have a Rutgers offer, and they took his commitment at Michigan. I'm sitting there thinking, what are they doing? Like, like, was that, like, supposed to be their slump buster to break the class and then the other kid committed? Like, I'm confused. Like, uh, this is the, like they, they just took a commitment from a kid who's not even ranked in the top 30 in the state of New Jersey who strikes me as like a camp kid. And you've got all these other, like, you know, major 247 guys. The Dan Doan is looking at it like, why is that kid getting a committable offer from Michigan right now? I mean, he, he doesn't even have any other power five offers. He's never visited their campus. He's the kind of kid that you kind of hold off on until you have higher ranked options at pass. I don't genuinely know what they're doing other than thinking maybe we ought to start filling some spots because we're feeling pressure from all the fans who are just losing their mind at Ohio State running circles around them. I mean, it's a Mickey Mouse operation up there compared to what you have in Columbus. That's the blunt truth of it. Like, I think even with the insanity going on right now, Jim Harbaugh, if we have a season, better put up. And, by the way, it bails them out a little bit if the non-conference games don't happen this year because they don't have to go out to Washington with a new quarterback and get their faces kicked in like they will if that game happens. So that may bail out Harbaugh a little bit because he seems to do better in the Big Ten. He'll lose to Ohio State. He'll lose to Penn State again. But he may be able to get past the rest of these guys uh, on their Big Ten schedule if he's lucky. So I, I just I don't know what they're doing. And I think the answer is, is that Jim Harbaugh is just not a great coach. The whole excitement and mystique that he brought when he arrived is completely gone with 0-5 next to his name against the Buckeyes. And at the end of the day, they're an inferior program, and they know it. And right now, I think the Big Ten is seeing is going to start seeing a shift away from Michigan being that team that's kind of the second or third team in the league because all these other programs are, are cutting into the spot that Harbaugh has been getting a lot of his recruits, which isn't locally. Um, if you look at what they're doing, they've got a kid from New Jersey, they've got a kid from Illinois, they've got a kid from Florida. They've only got one kid from the state of Michigan right now. And it seems like all the top kids in Michigan really don't want to go there. And you can sort of read through it with the way that, like, and Donovan Edwards doesn't want to go to Michigan. He wanted to go to Ohio State, but the numbers caught up to him. Now he's talking about Georgia, right? Uh, you, you've got the, the you know, Rock, Rock, was it Rocco Spindler, Spinelli, whatever his name was. He's talking about all visiting all these other schools up there. The top kid in this state has crystal balls for places like Ohio State. At one point, we were talking about maybe OSU would get the top three kids in the state of Michigan. So if you can't lock down the state of Michigan, if you can't go into Ohio and get kids like Michigan used to do when they were actually good and have not for the better part of 20 years when they've gotten their teeth kicked in, then you have to go to these places like Maryland and New Jersey and Illinois. And if the local schools are being able to keep more of those kids home, it's going to really pinch off Harbaugh. So I don't know what his recourse is. But I do know that that school, as long as he's there, is never going to win anything of importance. And 
I think that's pretty crystal clear at this point. So whenever we get back to, you know, normalcy and can talk about things like, hey, when, how long is Michigan going to put up with Harbaugh? The, the sea, he's sitting on a volcano right now. And if his recruiting doesn't get better, all those defenders and all those people who are, who are you know, waving the blue flag and pretending all is well while the stadium burns behind him, they're going to turn on him hard. And then they're going to all say that they didn't think he could do it at the time, blah, 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 blah. And it's going to be kind of fun to watch. But I don't know who they're going to bring in at this point. But I will say this. Uh, we all talked about if Harbaugh failed there, then who is going to win there? Well, I can tell you anybody who can recruit is going to win better than he is right now because his offense is stuck in the Stone Age and he can't get top talent to come there anymore. So that's kind of what you're looking at for the disaster they have. So long story short, isn't it great to be a Buckeye? It sure as hell is. Damn, it feels good to be a Buckeye. Going off the classic tune, damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Yeah, it, it feels damn good to be a Buckeye. And Bax, you come strong as usual here on the Bucknuts Morning 20. I appreciate it, my friend. I appreciate all listeners out there for tuning in. Stay safe, Bucknutters. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.